worship him. Mighty 
Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, holy, are you Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb. Let's just continue to give God praise. The Lord God, the Lord God is holy. The Lord God is righteous. Hallelujah. And he is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Again, our scripture reference for this morning is coming from Genesis chapter 21, verses 14 through 21. So Abraham, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water, and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up as she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bowshot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, hallelujah, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife from him from the land of Egypt. And I just want to talk to us for a brief moment on this morning, the blessings of the wilderness. Hallelujah. The blessings the wilderness. A lot of times when we think about the wilderness, we automatically think about a dry and a desolate place. We think about a place where things go to die. We think about a place where nothing grows. We think about a place where we find ourselves in in a desolate and desperate time. But I want to encourage somebody, and I came and encouraged somebody to let you know that the wilderness does not have to be the place where you die. The wilderness, hallelujah, does not have to be the place where your dreams die. The wilderness does not have to be a place where nothing or or that the promises of God leave or you don't forfeit it. The wilderness is not a place. We're going to see in this scripture that you can still be blessed in the wilderness. Listen, have you ever felt like you were just going about your business, living the best way you can, and out of nowhere, everything was derailed? Uh-huh. You minding your business, 
doing what God has called you to do, and seemingly out of nowhere, everything is derailed. You were doing your best living your life the way you felt God wanted you to live, and out of nowhere, the proverbial rug was snatched from up under your feet. Your life seemed to crumble right before your eyes, and you have no clue as to what in the heck just happened. You have no clue. You're like, God, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm minding my business, living the life that you called me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm being obedient. And then you're going to let stuff crumble? That's what Hagar is in this story. Can we talk about Hagar for a moment? When you read the story of Hagar, you're going to find that Hagar was simply a serving girl serving Abram and Sarah. And, and God had went to Abram and Sarah and told them, listen, I'm going to bless you with many nations. Now, they were old. They were in their 70s and 80s at this point when God is having this conversation with them. And God tells them back in 14, 15, and 16, listen, I'm going to bless you with many nations. He tells Abram, many descendants shall come from your loins, from you and Sarah. And Sarah is in the other room with her unbelieving self because she's like, listen, I'm old. My equipment probably don't even work. I probably can't have no kids. God, what are you talking about? I'm well past childbearing age. What are you talking about? We're going to have a child. God said, I said what I said. You wanna, I'm going to let descendants come from you. And then a time, some time goes on, and nothing happens. So Sarah figures, listen, I got to help the Lord out. Because I know what he said, but ain't nothing happening. We've been doing what we're supposed to be doing to make this come to pass, and I'm still not pregnant. You know what, Abram? So maybe God didn't mean it in that fashion. Maybe God said, huh, you know, maybe God needs our help. You ever been there when God pronounces a promise to you and you can't see the fulfillment of the promise coming to pass? So surely you figure that maybe there's something else I got to do to help God along. That's what Sarah is. So what she does is she goes, if you go back to 16, she goes and she gives Hagar, who's my all blessed business, she goes and gives Hagar to her husband, Abraham, and she he makes him his wife and he lays with her and she gives birth to Ishmael. Hagar was minding her business. Being obedient. Sarah says, come on, I want you to lay with my husband. He's going to become your husband and you need to give us a child because I know what God said, but I can't see what God said, so I'm going to help God out in fulfilling out what he said. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. So Hagar lays with Abram. She gives birth to Ishmael. And while she gives birth to Ishmael, Sarah gets an attitude with Hagar. Now, some will suggest that because Hagar was able to give Ishmael a son, um, that that Sarah became enraged or that Hagar was, pro was provoking Sarah because she couldn't give him. Whatever the case is, Sarah was making a life hell for Hagar. Mm -hmm. And so she tells Abraham, look, they got to go. I, I don't like uh, the fact that, you know, she's now pregnant with your child. 
she actually, Sarah, goes to blame Abraham for the predicament that they were in. Wait a minute, Sarah, you made the suggestion for me to lay with her so she could have a baby because you don't think God is going to give you the baby, and now you mad at me? So Sarah is is making life a living hell for Hagar, and Hagar flees the presence of Abraham and of Abram and Sarah. If you go back to verse 16, you will find that Hagar finds herself in the wilderness. And then when you come to chapter 21, you find her again in a wilderness spot. And verses 14 and 8 through 18 of our scripture, hear me clearly, even though you find yourself in a wilderness spot, in a wilderness place, you can also find yourself in a place, and here's our first point, where your promises are revisited. Hear me clearly. This may not be the first time that you have found yourself in a wilderness place, in a desolate place, but it does not mean that the promises of God have been forfeited. It does not mean that the promises of God will not come to pass just because you were obedient and find yourself as an outcast, just because you were obedient and find yourself in a place of desolation. It does not mean that what God promised you will not come to pass. Maybe God brought you to this place so he can revisit with you or so Matter of fact, you can revisit what he's already said and that he can bring back the remembrance to you of the promises he's already given. I've already stated before that Hagar, this is not her first trip to the wilderness place. When you go back to chapter 16, when she runs from Sarah, she runs into the wilderness and the angel of the Lord visits her and asks her, what are you doing out here? <clears throat> Watch. The angel of the Lord in, in, in chapter 16 finds her by a spring of water in the wilderness. And she says, look, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah, because she is handling me harshly. And the angel tells her, listen, don't worry about her. Go back and submit yourself back to her because I am going to multiply your descendants exceedingly. This is the first conversation that Hagar has with the angel of the Lord when she runs from the presence of Sarah while she is pregnant by Abram. She is distraught. And the angel of the Lord visits her in this wilderness place to give her a promise. He tells her, I am will multiply your descendants exceedingly so they shall not be counted for the multitude. He tells her, look, you are pregnant with a child and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard you watch. You have been in a wilderness place and you need to understand that although you feel alone, although you feel desolate, God has heard you. And in that wilderness in that wilderness place, he has given you a promise. Well, listen, what happens is she goes back. She goes back after this initial visit with the angel of the Lord, and life doesn't get any better. Actually, it gets worse. She Ishmael is growing up, and the next thing you know, 
Sarah finally gets pregnant with Isaac and she gives birth to Isaac. And when you go back to chapter 21, you will see that they are at the time of celebration after Isaac's weaning. Because about at three years old, they wean him off their mother's bosom and they throw a party. So now at this point, you have a 17-year-old Ishmael and a three-year-old Isaac, the one who came to be a descendant because you couldn't wait on the promises of God and the promises of God. What do you do when there is tension in your life because you created an Ishmael instead of waiting on Isaac? What do you do? We have it here in the text that Ishmael does what any 17-year-old is going to do. He makes fun of his little brother. Can we be honest? A lot of people, when they get to this text, they say, oh, Ishmael was provoking and making fun of Isaac, and, and he was causing tension. He's 17. That's what sibling rivalry does, right? We put too much weight on Isaac and say he was too much of a burden. He shouldn't have been poking fun at, at the promise. It was all this other stuff going on. But truth be told, if you take a real look at the text again, it's just simply civil rivalry, but it's causing tension in the household. And Sarah is mad. She's like, look, he messing with my baby. Him and your baby mama, they got to go. They have to leave. I'm not putting up with this. And Abram, because he doesn't want to deal with Sarah, tells Hagar and Ishmael they have to go. So they give them provisions for the trip, and they make the trip into the wilderness. And here we find again Hagar's second trip to the wilderness, and it says their provision has run out. <laughs> and they're crying out in the wilderness because she thinks everything is over. Ishmael is weak. They don't have no more food. They don't have no more water. And she's crying out. She's crying out. And it struck me as strange. If God has already made you the promise, and God already told you that your son, that there were going to be many descendants coming from the fruit of your loins, why are you fearful that he's going to die and it's not going to come to pass? Why are you sitting here? Why have you settled for a death sentence when God has given you a prosperous pronouncement. Why are you sitting here saying to yourself, I will not sit here. I, I, I can't bear the thought of watching my child die. So I'm going to put him off so that I can still hear him, but I can't see him because the, the, the thought of his death is too much. When God already told you he was going to be many descendants, God already told you that you were going to be prosperous through your seed. God already gave you the promise. Why are you fearful? Because it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. And God sent me to ask that question to somebody on this morning. Why are you fearful? Because it seems like things aren't working out the way that God has promised. You got to stand on the word of God and understand that every promise that he has given you shall come to pass. Just because you're in a wilderness place, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have power. Hallelujah. Just because you're in a wilderness place, it does not mean God has forgotten you. Just because you're in a wilderness place and everything seems to be falling apart and you don't have no direction and you don't have no clarity and you don't have no understanding, just because you're in a wilderness place, it does not mean God does not hear you. First of all, when Hagar looked at her son, she should have remembered what the angel of the Lord said to her in her first encounter. 
sister, he said to call her son Ishmael, and Ishmael itself means God hears. Every time she looked at her son, every time she looked at the promise that God gave, she should have remembered God hears me. Hallelujah. And somebody needs to know that every time you open your mouth, God hears you. Somebody needs to know that just because it looks bleak, God still hears the cries of your heart. God still hears the petitions of your prayer. God still hears the things that you are asking of. And he already made the promise. The promise does not change because your your position changed. Hallelujah. The promise does not change because your location changed. The promise does not change because the doctor's report changed. The promise does not change because your resources changed. The promises of God are solid in him because he has pronounced it over you. Listen, he, he brings her, he allows her to be in his wilderness place so he can revisit the promise that he gave. And listen, even with her exchange with the angel of God the first time, she called him Elroy. This is one of the early instances in where we see that somebody has given another name because of their experience with God. Hallelujah. She calls him Elroy. Lord, the God who sees. Listen, so not only is he the God who hears, but he is the God who sees. I need somebody to know that God hears you and he sees you. He is not ignoring you. He has not turned a deaf ear to you. He wants to know, are you going to stand on the promises that he has already given? So don't lose hope. <laughs> Here it is. We have this mere servant girl who was being ostracized for being obedient. But now she gets to have a first-hand experience with God in the dry place. My God, today, I'm going to say that again. This servant girl is being ostracized simply for being obedient. But look at the blessing. She gets to have a first-hand experience with God in a dry place. Listen, some of us are in dry places because we have not really experienced God in the way, in the capacity that he wants us to experience him. So he has led you to this dry place. Stop giving so much credit, and I'm trying not to get ahead of my sermon. Stop giving so much credit to the enemy for bringing you to this dry place. It could just be that God has allowed you this wilderness experience so that you can experience him in a new and revelatory way. Hallelujah, God. Don't pronounce death. Listen, she was willing. She was, she was willing to settle for what she saw the situation to be instead of remembering the promise. And I want somebody to know you don't have to settle for the situation before you. You don't have to settle for what has been pronounced over you by a doctor, by a lawyer, by somebody leaving your life, by your own thoughts and feelings. You don't have to pronounce death over something. Matter of fact, let me say it this way. Don't you dare pronounce death over something that God has promised life to. Some of us need to pick up our dreams. Some of you need to pick up that business idea. Some of you need to pick up that ministry idea. Some of you need to get off the wayside, get off the sideline and pick that thing back up. You called it dead, but God said, I never told you it, was, it wasn't going to be hard. I never told you there wasn't going to be struggle, but I promised you that it shall, it shall produce what I pronounced it to produce. She was willing because her son was weak and he was crying and he couldn't, and they didn't have no food and they didn't have provisions. She was willing to, to let him die away from her instead of remembering 
God hears me and he sees me. But the angel of the Lord says, listen, fear not. Not only have God heard and seen her, but God hears the voice of the lad. <laughs> the boy is crying out in anguish because he's weak. He feels depleted and they don't have any provisions. But the angel of the Lord tells her, above all that, God sees you and he hears you. Somebody needs to, and I, can, I don't know why God has me to repeat this, but you need to know. He sees you and he hears you. Your cries are not in vain. Your petitions are not in vain. Your prayer is not in vain. This wilderness place is not a mistake. It's a, it's a place of maturity. It's a place of growth. It's a place where God needs you to be so that he can remind you of what he already said so that you can put your situations and, and, and emotions under subjection to his Holy Spirit so that you will stop being ruled by what you see and remember Remember what God has said. Hallelujah. God allowed Hagar and Ishmael to arrive to the second place of wilderness so that Hagar could get the strength she needed to remember what God has said despite what she sees. She sees her son dying. She sees him weak. She sees him in pain. She sees him in anguish. But the angel says, fear not. Grab your promise. Hallelujah. He may not have been the promise I gave Abraham and, and Sarah, but he's the promise that I gave you. Listen, stop diminishing what you have in your hand. Stop diminishing your gifts, talents, and abilities because it doesn't measure up to what God gave to somebody else. He did not give her Isaac. He gave Abraham and Sarah Isaac, and he promised her that Ishmael would be productive. Stop thinking that what you got in your hand will not be prosperous or productive because it doesn't measure the promise that he gave somebody else. That's not your promise. Trust in the promise. Hallelujah. That God has given you. Trust in the pronouncement over the thing that he has given you. Trust him in the pronouncement over your life despite what you see, despite what you experience, despite how you feel, despite who, who leaves your life, despite what's going on in our country. Stand on the promise that God has given you. Don't lose sight of your promise. He's allowing some of us to be revisiting this wilderness place because we have lost sight of his promises. We're so focused on what we feel and what we experience. We forgot the promises. He let them get to this place so the promise can be revisited. Hallelujah. Fear not. I need to tell somebody again, fear not. <laughs> I know what you feel. I know what the enemy is saying. I know what your flesh is saying. I know what your circumstances are saying. But that God that we serve, hallelujah, says fear not. I don't know who that's for. Fear not. Don't worry about the fact that everything is going wrong. Fear not. Don't don't claim depression and anxiety and frustration and anger. Don't claim none of that stuff. Don't settle for what you see. Remember what he has said. Hallelujah. Don't settle for what you see, but remember what God has said and fear not. He told her, get up. 
you get up and you lift him up. Hallelujah. Because he tells her again, I'm going to make him a great nation. Listen, somebody needs to know this morning, get up. Because God's getting ready to make something great out of you. Get up. Because God wants to do something great in you. Get up. Because God is not finished with you yet. Get up. Because there's great work for you to be done. Get up. I don't care what has knocked you down. Get up. Get up. Don't stay in that place. Get up. The wilderness is not designed to take you out. It is designed to strengthen you. Hallelujah. Get up. Get up. So so he revisits the promise with her. Watch. And then he restores her provisions. So we see promises revisited. Hallelujah. And then in verse 19, we see provisions restored. (laughs) Listen. He says, then... God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water (laughs) and gave the lad a drink. Then God opened her eyes. So he reminded her what the promise was, and then he opened her eyes. Some of us are so focused on what we feel and what we experience. Some of us are blindly operating in this season, and God is saying, open your eyes. Some of us have become so distraught by what we are experiencing that we have closed our eyes to the greatness and the promises of God because we are tired of seeing what we see in the natural. And God is saying, I need you to stop looking in the natural and start looking in the spiritual. Um, He is ready to open your eyes. Yes, it's dark in the wilderness. Yes, it's desolate in the wilderness. Yes, things aren't the way you desire them to be. Yes, the conditions aren't favorable. But God said, if you will just open your eyes, I'm going to show you what's available to you. Now, when I thought about this text and I thought about all of the variables and the factors of this scripture and I said okay God it didn't say that that God supernaturally created this well (laughs) the well was already there when you read this text you will discover she wasn't that far (laughs) from the provision that she needed if she had just went a little further If they had walked just a little longer, if she had opened her eyes to her surroundings instead of settling her sight on on the seeming death of her son, she would have saw the well. Not only that, watch, Ishmael is 17. And although he might have been weak, and although, you know, he might have been scared and desolate too, he still had eyes and enough strength. Amen to go a little further. And, and as I was reading this, God said to me, you know what? Sometimes we don't value who is with us and, and their ability to help us. You and I have to know who is with us and we have to value them at their worth and not diminish their capacity because how we view them. She viewed Ishmael as just being her baby. She viewed Ishmael as just being her son who she couldn't provide for. Instead of realizing that she had someone by her side that had the capacity to see, but both of their capacity to see was diminished by what they 
themselves. So instead of them being able to see this well that was right in their presence, again, they settled. Listen, you got to have and you got to value those who are around you that have sight to see past what you are going through. You have to ask God for the wisdom, hallelujah, and the ability to see past what you are experiencing, to see the full picture. They didn't see the full picture of the well at their feet, in their presence, because they were so focused. God wants somebody to know, take your focus off what is hurting you. Take your focus off what is hindering you, and, and ask God to open your eyes to the bigger picture. God opened her eyes, and when he opened her eyes, she was able to see that what she needed was in front of her the whole time. Somebody has been asking God, God, I just don't get it. I just, I don't understand how I'm not able to move forward. I, I don't understand how I don't have the things that I need. I don't understand this, that, that, and that. God, why, why, why? God says, because your eyes are closed to me. You're so focused on everything and everybody else that you don't see that the provisions that you need are right in your face. We cannot allow ourselves to get to a place of desolation so much so that we forget the pronouncement of God's favor would also come with the promise of, of God's favor. I'm going to say that again. The pronouncement of God's favor comes with the promises of God's favor. If he promised her back in chapter 16 that her son would become a great nation, she had to understand that God would make sure that everything that they needed for it to come to pass would be for them. Listen, I don't, I don't know why, I know it sounds repetitive, but God wants me to tell you, You've got to focus on God and what he has said and not what's surrounding you. He opened her eyes and she saw. <laughs> she opened her eyes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And she saw. God is saying right now in this moment, he is opening your eyes so you can see what you need is already in your presence and not only so that you can see what you need is already in your presence but so that you can be filled hallelujah he is he has given you the provisions that you need and not just for the moment but so that your life can be filled i need somebody to understand thank you holy spirit that at this very moment you are receiving hallelujah, the filling of God so that you can walk in the promises of God. Hallelujah. God is refilling you right in this moment so that you can receive and walk in what he has for you. But you, but, but you have to remember that he hears you and he sees you. Hallelujah. You have to know that this wilderness place is not a place to destroy you. It, it is not a place to take you out. It is not a place for you to die into. This is not the season for you to allow things that God has given unto your hands to die. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is not the season to let those things die because it seems too heavy. It seems weak. It seems unreplenished. This is not the season to die. This is the season 
where God is refilling. This is the season where God is going to replenish. You are in this dry, desolate place to be filled. Hallelujah. God is even saying that some of us in this wilderness place have to be emptied. You feel emptied right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You feel emptied right now because God has to empty you of things you were full of that were not of him that were of no use to him he brought you to this wilderness place to be emptied so that you can be full hallelujah he brought you to this place so that you can pour out all that you have because some of what you had was nothing of what you needed and all of what you needed you did not possess and in this moment, he's giving you the provisions that he deems necessary for you to have to walk in the purposes that he has for you. Amen. So we see promises revisited. We see provisions restored. And then lastly, we're going to see a purpose revealed. Hallelujah. In verse 20, it says, so God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife from him from the land of Egypt. Listen, when you understand that God is with you, you have the ability to still grow and walk in your purpose, even in the place that you thought you were going to die. <laughs> he grows up. A few minutes ago, she had settled in her heart, my baby boy is going to die. Now that the Lord has visited her and she has received and accepted what God has said, she has been filled, they have been restored, their provisions have been restored, he grows up and becomes exactly what God has called them to be. In this transitional place, in this transitional wilderness that you are in, you again got to understand that this is a place of maturity. This is a place of growth. This is this tension that you are feeling is not you just going crazy. This tension that you are feeling ain't just anxiety. This tension that you are feeling is not just depression. This tension that you are feeling is a fight from becoming what you thought was going to happen to receiving what God has said for you. And this tension is causing you to mature and grow in him. But if you don't stay in his face, if you don't stay in his presence, if you don't stay in his word, if you don't stay uh, believing in the promises that God has for you, you are going to mistake mistakenly allow this wilderness to consume you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God is saying this wilderness is not supposed to consume you. You feel consumed in this season because you are not standing on his promises. God is saying, close your natural eyes off to the things of this world and look with the spiritual eyes that you have been given by God the Father to see above what you are going through. And as you do that, he's going to allow you to grow up. You are in the season, hallelujah, to grow up. You are in the season, thank you, Holy Spirit, to grow up in God, to grow up in the purposes that he has for you. I said it, and I'm going to keep saying it. This wilderness is not a death sentence. This wilderness is not the place for you to give up. This wilderness is not the place for you to lose hope. This wilderness is not the place, hallelujah, for you to give over the promises that God has given you because it doesn't seem like it's going to work. This wilderness is a place of growth for you. 
And I, and I just want to say to somebody, if you're in a wilderness season like Hagar, don't lose hope or give up. <laughs> and maybe you can't relate to Hagar. But I got another witness for you, Small. Let's go to Matthew 4, and then we're going to close out. Amen. And our, and our sermon on this morning. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Hallelujah. Very familiar text. It says, then Jesus was led up. I'm reading from verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread but he answered and said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God then the devil took him up into the holy city set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said if you are the son of God throw yourself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone Jesus said to him again it is written again you shall not tempt the Lord your God again the devil took him on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me then Jesus said to him away with you Satan for it is written you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve then the devil left him and behold angels came and ministered to him maybe you don't feel like you know you were just being obedient and you just found yourself in this wilderness place it could just be that God himself led you hallelujah to this wilderness place again so that you can be tested and tried by him listen Jesus was led to the wilderness place by the spirit but watch it was after the 40 days and 40 nights hallelujah it was after the 40 days and the 40 nights that Jesus had fasted that the enemy came and tempted him what are you saying lady I'm saying it this it's possible that you are in this wilderness place because God led you here to prepare you for the testing. It says after Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights, then the devil presented himself to tempt him. I need somebody to understand you have been equipped to handle this wilderness. <laughs> you, you have been equipped to handle this struggle. Mm-hmm. You have been equipped to handle this fight. Mm -hmm. You have been equipped to handle this lack. We don't like talking about stuff like that. We want everybody to always promise us that things are going to be good. But it couldn't be that God is saying, I've led you to this wilderness place to prepare you for such a time as this, to strengthen you for such a time as this. You have to be strong in the Lord, my brothers and sisters, and know that the wilderness, again, is not a place of death. It is not a death sentence. It, although it may be a desolate place, it doesn't mean you have to be in a desolate position. God can and he will bless you in the wilderness. Jesus was blessed in the wilderness, but watch what he did. He kept confessing what God had said. Some of us are so weak right now because we are confessing what we see. We're confessing what has been done. We're confessing others, others' words over us instead of confessing the word of God. I need to encourage somebody in this wilderness place. Stop speaking what you see and speak what God has said. Speak that you are the head and not 
not to tell. Speak that you are above and not beneath. Speak that you are a lender and not a borrower. Speak that you are healed by his stripes. Speak that you have the wisdom of God. Speak that you are a wise woman. Speak that you are a wise man. Speak that the blessings of God are yea and amen. Speak that the Lord shall complete a good work in you until the day of Jesus Christ. Speak that you are blessed. Speak that you have joy, love, and a sound mind. Speak what God has said over your life. Even in this wilderness, this wilderness has no power to destroy you because God has said this wilderness has been designed to grow you up. Hallelujah. His promises will be revisited. Some of us lost sight of the promises because of our problems and God is saying, I brought you here so I can remind you of what I said. Hallelujah. Some of us are here so that the provisions that we need, we have all these people and all these things around us that we think we need to draw up from and God is saying, no, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm not going to do it through them. I'm not going to do it the conventional way. I need you to trust that even when everything runs out, I will fill you up. Hallelujah. First, he's going to fill us up from the inside out. He's going to fill us with his Holy Spirit. He's going to fill us with his word. He's going to fill us with wisdom. And then he's going to fill us with the resources. He will provide every resource that we need. And your purpose is going to be revealed. Although other people may give up on you, you may have even given up on yourself. So God is saying your purpose is going to be revealed in this wilderness. Why? Because I got you to myself. Hallelujah. God is saying, I brought you to this place alone so you can hear me and no one else. Hallelujah. So many people in your ear. So much stuff around you. So much stuff going on in your head. I brought you here to break you down so I can build you up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God got somebody in this wilderness place so they can break you down so he can build you back up so that you can be built up right in this season. I pray that was a blessing to somebody on this morning. Hallelujah.